0: This is the Marsh and Matt Show with Marshall
1: Kellner and Matt Gallivan. Hello everybody, Marshall Kellner and Matt Gallivan back with you for another edition of the Marsh and Matt Show. Matt, uh, how are you doing today? The Vikings uh, have
0: a new head coach, kind of, so... I, I guess I'm doing uh, better now that we're no longer in uh, purgatory of being coachless and GM less. Uh, and uh, you know, so I'm, I'm pretty happy.
1: How are you? Yeah. We talked uh, about Quasi Adolfo Mensa. or we may not have actually, I, I don't think uh, we, we, we may have mentioned Kwesi. Yeah. We did mention Quasi Adolfo Mensa the last time, but the head coach hire took a, uh, took a while. Actually, a really. Long period between the end of the regular season and these head coach hires, not just Vikings, but others as well. And I think now everybody has a head coach finally, but the Vikings actually, like you said, have not technically hired a head coach. They've agreed in principle uh, with Kevin O'Connell. And we will get into the whole Jim Harbaugh situation as well. But uh, Matt, let's just start with Kevin O'Connell, 36 years old. Uh, very much in the vein of this new age offensive guru. He comes from the McVay coaching tree, which has been very successful. Um, What were you, what was your reaction taking us, taking you know, aside from the fact that it came right after the news that Harbaugh wouldn't get the job. We learned that O'Connell would, what was your reaction alone to Kevin O'Connell? Yeah, I'm trying to
0: separate the, the feelings about Kevin O'Connell from the Harbaugh situation and it's it is hard to do that and it's a little unfair to Kevin O'Connell. So what I like is the fact that he is a young guy, that he's a new age coach, that he is offensive offense minded and offensively gifted. I like the tree, as you mentioned, that it that he came from, a lot of success there. It does make you wonder why those Redskins teams were not more successful having all those great minds there, but I also like the fact that he's worked with Kirk before. Now, there's obviously, we'll get into, in and probably a later podcast, what the future is of Kirk, and obviously Vikings Twitter is obsessed with this question uh, in an unproductive way normally, but... If we are going to keep Kirk, whether it is just this year or beyond, that is a positive. If we're bringing in a new quarterback, it is a positive that he knows how to mentor these quarterbacks as well. So I think that he is going to be able to squeeze, no matter what direction we go in, a lot more out of our offense and run a team um, scheme offensively that is much more forward leaning much more like the modern NFL than the Vikings were under Zimmer I think the questions I have is he wasn't calling plays um, McVay was with the Rams he so his coordinator experience is kind, kind of limited um, and then there's the question of is are we is he a coach meant more for a rebuild versus a win now mode and as you and I have talked off the air a bunch and some on the show i'm very much more in the camp of there there is enough talent here now and there is a opportunity to win now with brady retiring and rogers likely on the move and most likely if he, he is on the move it's to the afc so the nfc north door is open the NFC door even larger is open with all the other changes that have gone on the league. And so is he going to be prepared to step in right away to help this team win now versus learning on the fly? That's kind of the big negative beyond the fact that, you know, he doesn't have, you know, the experience or winning record of someone like Jim Harbaugh that was also being considered, but what is your reaction to him?
1: Yeah, I, I mostly am very excited about O'Connell and like you, Uh, It it is hard not to view it along with the Jim Harbaugh story, like like I just mentioned. I mean, literally within 10 minutes after we learned Harbaugh didn't get extended an offer, they came out with the reports that O'Connell had gotten the job. So literally, Harbaugh left the facility, and they said, O'Connell's our guy, which I think he probably – was the leading candidate going into that Harbaugh interview to begin with. Uh, he blew them away, apparently, in his second interview, the, the in-person one in LA when the Vikings brass flew out there. So o- O'Connell, they already thought very highly of. Once they decided Harbaugh wasn't the guy, they called up everybody and said, you're out of the running. And with O'Connell, they said, you're our guy. And, and they agreed with him. I do think there's a lot a lot to like about his youth, his energy. I think more so than anything on his resume, it's the personal characteristics that I've read about, the leadership, the ability to connect with this uh, age of player. I read a great article in The Athletic the other day, I think by the by the Rams writer, who talked about how much he does with game planning, uh, with, with McVay. I mean, he's very involved in putting together the weekly game plan, even though he's not calling the plays on game day, He's the direct pipeline with Matthew Stafford on game day. Um, And it's gotten them to a Super Bowl. And he's a very bright mind. Uh, Sean McVay blocked him from going elsewhere as an offensive coordinator last offseason. He's, like like you said, he is a quarterback. He was Tom Brady's backup for a while. Um, So I like everything I'm hearing about his leadership, his ability to connect with players, his energy. And I do like that he's offensive-minded if only for the fact that we won't lose our play caller every single damn year, like we have been under Kirk for whatever reasons, whether it was Norv Turner not agreeing with with uh, with Zimmer and and retiring midseason, or if it was you know, Pat Shermer and Kevin Stefanski getting head coaching jobs or Don, John De Filippo getting fired. Uh, if Kevin, we don't know that Kevin O'Connell will call plays, I would presume that he will, that at least at first, Would want to do that, Um, but he's going to be the one designing the offense, regardless, and I like that a lot. As for the McVeigh coaching tree, you you know, some of the one of one of the biggest talking points in favor of O'Connell is this McVeigh coaching tree. I'm not dismissing that, but I do think you have to keep in mind that the three guys who came from the McVeigh coaching tree all had elite quarterbacks most notably Matt LaFleur with Aaron Rodgers Uh, and look what they've done in the regular season, three straight years of 13 wins. Uh, LaFleur is off to a phenomenal start in his coaching career, at least in the regular season Packers fans don't like what's happened the past few postseasons, but you also look at Zach Taylor. Zach Taylor was on the verge of being fired before this season. And then Joe Burrow came off as ACL and was spectacular. And you know, he's, he's, uh, had a had a fantastic run through the playoffs, and Brandon Staley, who didn't make the playoffs, made some questionable coaching decisions in their last game against the Raiders. He has Justin Herbert, who could develop into certainly a top ten, top five, maybe even quarterback. So, it really does come down to the quarterback position. I like Kirk. I know you do too. He's not on the level of those three. So, um, you, you know he. Herbert still has some proving to do, but you know, Burrow already spectacular and we know what Rogers is. So I do think the quarterback does make a huge difference. It does help that O'Connell will have Dalvin Cook and Justin Jefferson. But like you said, the cupboard is not bare. So it will be interesting to see how much he can squeeze out of Kirk, assuming that he does stay.
0: Yeah, I think the other agree with everything you said. I think the other thing that's going to be interesting is the new schemes that he brings. He's you know with the names being reported for defensive coordinator it looks like he wants to be more of a 4-3 guy versus a 3-4 and how does that change
1: he wants to be a
0: 3-4 guy course, excuse me i missed yeah. i mixed up um he you know the rams run a lot more of 11 personnel versus the vikings didn't really do that what is the you know is it uh what is our run scheme going to be is it more inside or outside or you know it, it's it it's going to be interesting how new schemes um and with the talent that we have especially on offense better utilize these players i mean they might backfire they might not work but getting irv smith back healthy having dalvin um you know in a new you know run scheme using jefferson in in various ways including maybe putting him in the slot more like he played in college and how they utilize cooper cup who, uh obviously a lot of success this year they you know, and then Kirk's steadiness and not turning the ball over. I mean, keep in mind, I know in all the Kirk debates, but Matt Stafford, for as strong of an arm as he has, has, and, and is a gunslinger more than Kirk is, has two or three throws a game that you just say, what the hell was that? I mean, just a god-awful, game-changing, terrible throw. Kirk And the new schemes with the talent we have could really uh, be interesting and allow this offense to not just take a back seat um, uh, in the middle of the game and instead keep the pedal to the metal and really be a top five offense as you're trying to rebuild that defense, squeeze more out of it, bring in some new personnel. And so I think that's what I'm you know, really excited for with him is just we, we need some fresh thinking with this team because the retread of running the same old schemes that we were under the previous regime wasn't working um, and not maximizing the talent that we have on this team enough. And so I do think he brings a lot to the table uh, because of that, but you are right. How many of these McVay at some point, these McVay coaches are not going to work out. And arguably some of them, you know, that have worked out are situational maybe more than they are about their own talents. It could be that, you know, it still is a mix, but, you know, it is easy to win or at least, you know, at least during the regular season, when you have Aaron Rodgers as your quarterback or when you get the number one overall pick and have Joe Burrow, uh, even when your offensive line is terrible, um, you know, or have someone like Herbert, um, you know, but still you know we're we're talking about clear top five quarterbacks kirk is not there but maybe he could take that step forward with o'connell
1: yeah and i i think he's better than some of the haters you know even the haters might say he's average i think he's top 10 um i, I think he's in the lower fringe of the top 10 but re- really that, that's just who cares whether he's 8 12 it doesn't matter The 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 more important thing is, you know, what, what schemes is O'Connell going to bring? And like you said, the 11 personnel, you know, who's feeling really good right now, KJ Osborne, who had a breakout year as the third receiver, Irv Smith jr. Who didn't get to play this year. They use the tight end. It won tight end sets very, very frequently. It'll also be interesting to see the Rams didn't use a fullback much. The Vikings, loves CJ Ham and for good reason. CJ Ham is a great run blocker and catcher out of the backfield, and was a captain, I believe, the past couple of years. What are they going to do with him? Do they? You know, there's no way. There's no way
0: they let him go. But I think this does, to your point, does seal that Tyler Conklin not coming back to the Vikings. That's what I was about to
1: say. Yeah, I don't think they're going to have two. Now, Irv is still on a rookie deal. So it wouldn't be like two guys on big deals, but I think instead of re-signing Tyler Conklin, I think you could see a tight end drafted fairly high because Irv is on the final year of his rookie deal, and you don't know how he's going to come back from the meniscus injury. So it's going to be fascinating to see how O'Connell and Quasi, both and the rest of the scouts, evaluate the current roster because we're going to get a very good idea in the next few weeks. First of all, what do they think of Kirk? Second of all, Daniil Hunter's contract. That is the second big question, because his, his contract needs to be addressed. He's due like a huge bonus in early March and they need to decide whether they want to keep him long-term. Um, and then also the, the aging veterans like Thielen and Kendricks and uh, Harrison Smith. What I also think is if they go to a 3-4 and Paul Allen brought this up Earlier this week, or, or late last, late last week, I think that you know, if you bring in like a Vic Fangio type or another three-four guy, there's not a lot of guys on this team that naturally fit a three-four. This defense was drafting players to fit Mike Zimmer's scheme, understandably so. And even Deniel Hunter may be more of an outside linebacker in a three-four. You need bigger guys up front. Dalvin Tomlinson could be a defensive end in a 3-4 rather than defensive tackle. I mean, Anthony Barr would be a perfect, you know, everyone assumes he's gone, but if you go to a 3-4, they may suddenly say we want to keep Anthony Barr because he's ideal for a 3-4. Eric Hendricks might be too small for a 3-4, you know, and then it might affect if Patrick Peterson comes back, they're playing a man system. Patrick Peterson is more likely to come back because he's still good at playing press man coverage. So, it's going to be fascinating to see the defensive coordinator. Remember when Sean McVay came in to LA? He often would sit on the bench when Wade Phillips was coordinating the defense, and they went to the Super Bowl. You know, it was fascinating to see the head coach was sitting on the bench talking to the offense, and and Wade Phillips essentially became a quasi head coach when his defense was on the field. So who is going to be the defensive coordinator? I would like to see, regardless three four four three somebody experienced who's been a defensive coordinator before because if O'Connell's already calling plays and becoming a first-time head coach that's a lot to bear already in addition to managing the game and the clock and the timeouts you want a defensive coordinator who you can really trust to really take over that side of the ball
0: I totally agree um and it it really is the changing schemes it's you know everything we had been envisioning happening in the off season in a vacuum without having the new coach in place and the new defensive coordinator and an offensive coordinator in place, you know, it, that completely reshuffles the deck in how they might approach the draft and this off season. And, you know, uh, compared to what everyone else has been talking about, and it's going to be fascinating to see how this develops. Does he go more experienced coaches? Does he stay with sort of the young up and comer theme for you know his c- coordinator positions um when does that happen given the super bowl uh certainly it makes you sit there and say do we need to cheer for the rams in the super bowl uh so that our incoming head coach can say i'm a super bowl winner um
1: you Who know cares. yeah I'm, 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 I'm cheering for i'm cheering for uh for burrow but but uh and i like Stafford too but I don't know. Uh, it's easier for me to root for I'm, Cincinnati. I'm I'm
0: probably cheering for Cincinnati, not only because they're a, another tortured fan base, but um, I'm more cheering for them because Al Golden, their linebackers coach, is rumored to be my Irish uh, next defensive coordinator, and I'd like him to be I, able to say he's a Super Bowl winner for recruiting purposes. But <laughs> I digress. That's Maybe
1: it, I saw a really kind of dumb take on Twitter. Shocking, a dumb take on Twitter. Uh, that, that we should root for O'Connell to lose so that he has a chip on his shoulder. Guess what? Whoever said that he's going to have a, he's going to, he's a competitive guy. He's going to have a chip on his shoulder. He's, he's not the head coach right now. You don't think he wants to win one as a head coach. Come on. This guy, these guys want, in fact, winning one may make him hungry for more. Uh, these guys are obsessed with, with winning. So that's not a factor, but, uh, he may be happier in his introductory press conference on Monday or Tuesday if he's got a Super Bowl ring on his finger. Yeah, to your point, it's if he
0: wins, it's one night of celebrating, and the next day is changing jobs and going and doing something completely different. So that is a dumb take. But Marsh, we got to get to the elephant in the room. Um, the, maybe I should say the Wolverine in the room. Uh, <laughs> that was Jim Harbaugh. I mean, this. It's funny is like so many of us, including myself, were excited about Kevin O'Connell as a candidate before the Harbaugh rumor started. And that snowballed really quickly to the point that everyone was reporting and speculating that it was a done deal. And you know what? I, I, some of it might have been irresponsible. Some of it might have been innuendo. But the reality is, is the guy's record speaks for itself. So you don't bring him in to just plain interview. You bring him in if you're serious about hiring him. So like, I know you have strong thoughts on this, I do too, but I, I want to turn to you first to give your reaction to how that whole pl- thing played out.
1: Well, well, interestingly, I totally agree with you. You don't just bring in Jim Harbaugh to compete for the job, <laughs> um, but that is by all accounts what happened. That's what happened they they made it very clear and there's been reporting in the athletic to this to this end they brought him in and made it very clear to him that this is not a done deal that you have to compete for this job i i just i understand that from you know a conceptual standpoint but he to act like he's the same candidate as kevin o'connell Who's 36 with no head coaching experience, or, and that doesn't mean Kevin O'Connell won't be great. He could be elite. This is two separate things. You know, but to say he's in the mold of Kevin O'Connell or even Raheem Morris, who had an unsuccessful head coaching tenure with the Buccaneers, or who was the other guy? Patrick Graham, the Giants DC, who's now going to Vegas with Josh McDaniels. Those were the other finalists. He, Jim Harbaugh, is Not even, he's more qualified than the three of those combined. And then some. So I'm not saying it won't end up being the right decision. It better be the right decision because this is like a fork in the road type moment. The Wolves haven't had a chance to really hire a new GM and head coach in a long time. But the idea that they were going to have him come in and compete for the job with the rest of them is silly, in, in my opinion. You only bring him in is if you are intending to hire him before he leaves the building and unless he literally like pulls down his pants in the interview you hire him assuming that you know you you brought him in they had a conversation had an initial conversation on zoom saturday night before the nfc title game which is very interesting what do you think kevin o'connell and raheem morris and D'Amico Ryans at that point, who was a a candidate. What do you think they were all thinking when they saw that? That had to be interesting for them on the eve when they're trying to prepare for the NFC title game. It's just a wild situation. We'll never know exactly what happened in that interview. But to your point, his record speaks for itself. Four years with the Niners, three straight NFC title games, and a Super Bowl. Colin Kaepernick to the Super Bowl with 10 starts under his belt, taking over mid-season for Alex Smith. Speaking of Alex Smith, went from what looked like complete bust to a very respectable, solid, above-average quarterback under Jim Harbaugh's tutelage. Uh, So, you know, now, I have heard the contrary opinion. Ben Lieber was very glad they didn't hire Jim Harbaugh. He said... You, you know, they were just doing their due diligence again. I, I don't think just doing your due diligence and bringing him in for a nine hour interview. That's different. But he said, he mentioned that Harbaugh's offenses were actually ranked near the bottom during his time in San Francisco. And his defense was really good, which it was, it was elite. It, it was an elite defense. Speaking of that, Vic Fangio could have been coming here as well. If Jim Harbaugh was the head coach. So I, to me, like I still have this feeling in my mind, like, you had Jim Harbaugh in your building. Jim freaking Harbaugh, and he left without a contract offer. He, didn't, he wanted the job, and we didn't want him. That's a little frustrating still, even though I am excited about O'Connell. Yeah.
0: I think what is weird about it is, and it weird is the only way to describe it, you, it's very clear the pros and cons of Jim Harbaugh. To Lieber's point, there are cons, about bringing in Jim Harbaugh but as you so well articulated his record speaks for himself you would have been getting a highly accomplished head coach who doesn't need to interview I think the other thing that's weird is Quazy and him obviously have a personal relationship he was added to the list because Quasi wanted him on the list and it potentially hurts their relationship if you're the way that this all went down. Um, And and I don't think that's a good position to put your new GM in. um, If that's the way you approach it. Um, I mean, you wouldn't, this is obviously an extreme example, but you wouldn't call a bill Belichick and say, I'd like for you to come interview for this job. You say, do you want the job? Like, like no question. And the interview
1: is just a formality. You just come in and sign the contract. The,
0: the, yeah, the interview is here's a blank checkbook, fill it out um, like that. So that's what was so weird about this. And I, I'd say the other thing is it puts Kevin O'Connell in a bad position because you now have some fans that are less excited about the direction of the team because of it. It puts Jim Harbaugh in a bad position. I mean, he was literally coming here on National Signing Day. Again, as an Irish fan, I'm totally on board with torpedoing Michigan's program on national signing day and causing their offensive and defensive coordinators to leave. Totally love it. That's fine with me. However, it, it's a terrible position to put Harbaugh in. And it just is weird. And it leaves a sour taste in your mouth where it just feels like, did the team just not have its shit together? Like it like was something just off or was this really that they were just so out to lunch in terms of what, you know, if you're bringing in Harbaugh, like that has to be your choice versus like we're just bringing him into interview. It just, I, yeah, I don't get it. And I think it's, it really is too bad for O'Connell that everything sort of starts out the way it did, where, as you said earlier, he's announced 10 minutes later. I mean, cause it, it, it,
1: it makes there's going to be like questions that. about this. Maybe not right at O'Connell cause he didn't have anything to do with it, but there's going to be questions about this at O'Connell's first press conference. There has to be. There has to, I mean, Mark Wilf is going to be there. Quasi Adolfo Menza is going to be there. And that's the big question I have. Who made the call? Because there were some reports, credible reports. I mean, there was there was a guy on Twitter, I forget his name, but he follows Harbaugh very closely. And he was saying that Quazi wanted him. And he Harbaugh had to convince ownership, specifically a minority owner of the Vikings, who's a Michigan guy who's not a fan of Harbaugh and the rest of the ownership group that he's not hard to work with and that what how it ended in San Francisco um, will will not happen here. Also, the Niners owner apparently has been trashing Harbaugh to anyone who will listen. So, you, you know, it, I have a hard time if you just hired Quasi and then you didn't let him make this call pretty much on his own i'm not saying owners don't have to sign off sure it's their money they have the they have the right to decide who works for them but and if this was a joint decision fine i think the collaboration and dan barrero has been spot on i don't want to i want to give him credit because i've listened to him a lot on this and i think he's spot on he he said collaborate to hire the gm you know do all that collaboration but then once you hire the gm You let him do his job and hire the head coach. And if it was Harbaugh that he wanted, you let him hire Harbaugh. And I get the owners get a say and they get however much a say they want. It's their team. But I just don't think it works very well if everything is put to a vote. That's not going to work. Quasi is going to have to make some tough decisions on the quarterback, on Daniil Hunter, on other things. And they're going to come up quick here. And he needs to be the final one making the call. He can take input from everyone else. But if you have ownership hovering over you, we've seen in a Jerry Jones situation, that doesn't generally turn out too well. No, and it doesn't. The Wilfs, have, the Wilfs, to their credit, have not done that. So it'd be interesting if this is a shift in how involved the Wilfs might be. Yeah. I, it, it, we're
0: never going to know, as you said. But to me, if you, you've had a thorough process throughout this whole thing, you've had a collaborative process throughout that whole thing, if that's how you want... If that's the parameters in which you want to operate, then that's fine. And there's a lot of great reasons to operate that way. But then don't bring Jim Harbaugh in for an interview. It it makes it seem like you had a very a, a process that was very thorough, very discerning, very collaborative. And then all of a sudden you said hey, you know what? That hasn't really been working out. We're not getting a good candidate that we actually like. So let's chase the shiny object out of nowhere in Jim Harbaugh. And then it falls apart and it makes everyone sit there and say like, okay, was Kevin and O'Connell a fallback? Was it like, it, it just, it really throws a wrench and a sour taste into the whole process that as a fan makes you question where things are at and what's going on in the organization, which is not the foot you wanted to start, you know, put for um you enter the season and you know what i i know they do this on the college side but it wouldn't surprise me. like I, if i was a free agent looking to go to the vikings yes there are going to be way more important things that influence my decision but i'm still going to sit there and say like what does the ownership does quasi does kevin o'connell do uh, do all of them are they all on the same page? And, or are there other things going on here that could lead to some dysfunction that prevents us from winning? I mean, that's the type of thing, questions that get raised, you know, by how this all was handled that can have a ripple effect and continue beyond just the right now. But you know what? Winning cures all of that, and, and we'll see how this comes together. But it was, I, I would have just preferred that they not go after Harbaugh than have yeah. it play
1: out. The the one thing the last thing we will, and we'll end here shortly. The I will say though, you have a due diligence to go after Harbaugh or at least talk to him if he's available. And I think that initial conversation was just to see, hey, like kind of you know, Quazi has a relationship with him, like you mentioned. Hey, Jim, like are you serious about this? You know, it, like you really interested in this as much as i'm hearing and he clearly said yeah and and then they they brought him in they have an obligation to talk to a coach of that caliber if he's truly genuinely available and it appears that he was so you know will the vikings regret this uh that only remains to be seen we certainly hope not we hope o'connell's here for a long, long time. I do think one positive of it is O'Connell's more likely to be here for a long time. But to say it's not a risk, both were risks. And as Dan Barrero has adroitly pointed out, they're different risks. The risk of Harbaugh is much different than the risk of O'Connell. But just to say, because he comes from the McVay coaching tree and he's this young, hot head coaching candidate, that he's not a risk. He is. He's a gigantic risk just as any first-time head coach is. So we'll see. It's going to be fun. It's going to be a really fun off-season to follow. Our next episode, I think, will be almost entirely devoted to Kirk Cousins, uh, just what Vikings fans are talking about. And uh, it, nobody will be neutral. They'll either love what we're saying or hate it. And I think both of us are kind of more pro-keep Kirk. I think what we're going to do is try to bring on some guests who is rational but may want to advocate for trading Kirk and there are good arguments on both sides so we're going to see those arguments we're going to explore them um, unless he's traded before our next episode and then we'll just react to that which is possible because uh, Stafford was traded around this time last year so you never know it's uh, it's crazy in the NFL you had what one last point
0: I just want to say, I look forward to a productive conversation around it because man, so many people on Vikings Twitter just need to shut the hell up. Um, I mean, I, I, I don't know how else to because it's people being trolls, people being ridiculous and people trying to do what we do on so many issues nowadays in sports or outside of sports, which is treat something as a clear black and white. And you, if you disagree with me, you're an idiot um when like you said there are lots of shades of gray here and there are lots of reasons for and against um and we're really at a crossroads and it'll be fun to dig into that with a knowledgeable rational guest as you said um, (laughs) and how we should (laughs) No, we
1: don't bring on the twitter guy who won't even put his name on his on his uh, tweets we we won't do that (laughs) we'll bring on somebody with some credibility Uh, hopefully we'll have a great conversation and uh, looking forward to that. That's it for today for Matt Gallivan. I'm Marshall Kellner. Talk to you guys next time. See ya.